Good. Well, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you very much. It's interesting. I've got two people on the show today, so I've got it all going on with me. Right, we're going to get down to this. So for everyone that's listening and watching right now, we are going to talk about money, all right? How money works, the kind of challenges people face with money, okay? We've got a fantastic influencer, and I'm going to get his name right, hopefully. Andreas Kundurakis. Kundurakis. <laughs> Andreas Kundurakis, some three million followers on TikTok, half a million followers on Instagram. You're quite a name out there. It's really fun and engaging content, yeah? So, so pro the guys and, and some of the guys not so happy about it either though because uh, some of the demands you put on them. Some of them are not, are not satisfied at all in my videos. <laughs> but I mean, they can work on it, right? So maybe they can learn something from my videos. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think there's, there's something that the audience today can learn from the kind of work that you've done and, and really understand how, how that world is monetized as well. So maybe we can talk about that too. And hand to hand here. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. It was good chatting on the Zoom before we actually had this session. So just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do. Sure. Uh, so again, my name is Han. I'm originally from Malaysia. Uh, and I've moved to the UAE a couple of years ago. And as we start up this new platform called Nemo, right? so, and it's app.nemo.money. And the idea is to uh, make it a gateway for those who are perhaps taking those initial steps uh, towards that investing world, right? Be it, you know, purchasing stocks or investing in ETFs. So that's the kind of uh, options that we are offering for uh, folks here in the UAE. Good, excellent stuff. So between my experience and your experience, maybe we can we can have a little bit of uh, financial management lessons today as well. <laughs> Perhaps, and we're also doing it for the free, uh, on the free right now. So uh, no fees charged for today, yeah. Excellent <laughs> stuff. There you go, sales pitch coming. <laughs> yeah. Okay, excellent stuff. Right, let's talk about, let's talk about money. Okay, you're 31. 31. 31 years old. Gosh, I feel like you're far. I could be your dad. I'm 53. I could be your dad. So you're 31 years old. When when did you, as a young man, uh, start to learn about money? When did it become part of your life? Because when we look at your videos online, you're telling everyone to make sure their girlfriends are wearing Dior and Chanel. So <laughs> <laughs> the money's got to come yeah. from somewhere. I'll have to put it like, in that way. <laughs> I'm just trying to make men spoil their women. That's it. <laughs> Um, quite early, actually, because um, I was a football player, a professional one. I started, I had a professional contract when I was 16 years old. Uh, so that was a moment where I was starting to like get a serious amount of money. Um, and so from very early on, I was already dealing with some money, 16, 17, 20, 21. And that my career didn't go how I wanted to. Um, so I went all downwards in a professional level of, of football. But then I was like trying to do other stuff. So money was from very young age was already a Okay, so you so you signed this professional contract, you start to get some money coming in. Were you wise? Did you understand what to do with it? Did you manage it effectively? What you know, what kind of mistakes did you make? The the, the, the truth is that it was not easy because my parents never had that much money. So they couldn't give me that much advice. Okay, my parents are very down to earth and they could tell me like, okay, don't spend it, keep it. Because they had always had a difficult life. So they were like, okay, don't spend it that much. Obviously, first thing I did, I didn't even have my uh, driving license. I already bought a car. <laughs> as, you, as you do. <laughs> Obviously, uh, if you think about it now, that could be a mistake. But maybe it was not a mistake, but it could be a mistake. For me, it was like, okay, why not? I have it. Uh, I want to have a new car. And I bought it. Um, if you would ask me if I would do it again, probably not. Uh, because it, it didn't like bring me further. I was spending money. I was not investing in anything. 
Although investing was not like that of a big thing with all the applications that we have now. So um, at, at that moment, it was like, okay, let me just spend it. That's what I had in my mind, what money would mean for me. Like, okay, I have money now. I work for it. I get it. So let me just spoil myself. It's interesting you say that because you're a guy that's got, got into a professional sport, haven't managed money effectively from the beginning. Now we're going to talk to a guy that should know better. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I bet he made similar mistakes. So Han, when you go back to when you were young and you first started, you came out of university, you've got yourself a job and a career. How, how were you with money in those early stages? I would actually go uh, to some years prior to that. So um, I'm essentially a product of the 1998 Asian financial crisis. Uh, for those of you uh, who would like to know more about it, you can Google it. Uh, essentially, it was a really tough time uh, across uh, many Asian countries, right? So for my family personally, uh, my dad lost his business, lost our family home. Uh, you know, we, I had to essentially try and quit school uh, to work in the night markets of Malaysia to help the family make ends meet. I am one of nine kids. That's a lot of mouths to feed. How many kids do you have again? No, yeah. Zero kids. Zero kids. And you, you've got kids, right? So your kids are expensive, right? So um, from that very formative experience, granted very painful as well, um, I knew from early on the scarcity of money. In, in other words, it can come and go just like that. Similarly with you, right? You, I mean, I would love to be a professional footballer you know, if I ever had uh, the, the chance. Uh, but, you know, obviously those opportunities never came my way. What came my way was uh, the painful experience of knowing how quickly and swiftly money can just go away and how you have to work hard for it. And I think this is where also investing then uh, comes in, right? Because from early on, I knew that, okay, I'm going to be limited by the amount of hours and the amount of effort, the, the manpower that I have to actually earn money. But there's got to be something more, right? There's got to be a way to earn beyond my physical means. And I think that's where investing comes in. So I guess the short answer to that is, you know, from the 98 financial um, crisis, I had this almost like visceral, Without using too negative a word, it's almost like a visceral fear, a visceral experience, if you will, right? They're just ingrained into me, like, look, money's important. You need it to sustain yourself. You need it to bless others with. You need it. You need money to treat your girlfriend right or wife right, right? So I, I think that was the the experience for me when it comes to when it comes to money. Interesting. So my my experience was similar to yours. I started to make money when I was young, uh, not as young as you. So I was first started to make money when I was probably 18 or 19. And I remember getting my first commission checks coming through and it was like, right, car. <laughs> first, the first thing. And, and but, but psychologically what happens, I think, in those days for many people is because you're young, you've got your whole life ahead of you. You don't think it's going to end. You don't think there's going to be a point where that money dries up or it stops. It's just like there's more money going to keep coming. I just have to keep doing whatever I do. And so you buy those things that you think are important. And I think that a lot of the time when we look back, we say they're not. But actually, they are important. You know, there is there's there's there's, there's a lot of learning to be had from that environment. And you know, status matters. It's like, you know, you've grown up with these other kids and now you're becoming a somebody. And how do you display that? You can't display that by... You know, not showing everybody your um, your buy-to-let properties that you bought or your your stock portfolio because yeah. it's not what you do because you're going to drive down the strip that night, aren't you? You know, you're going to have the, have, the, have the threads on, and it's kind of like you're going to the places where you're going to be seen. Mm. And for every teenager, that's the same. 
Mm. And so to kind of take those poles of wisdom of a 50-year-old man and say, if I could plant them in my brain as a young man, it would have been better. I'm sure it would have been quite miserable as well, if you, if you, if you think about it, you know? Yeah, I, and look, I think it really boils down to the individual, right? Because I, I totally get what you're saying. There is a certain amount of, you just need to get it out of your system. That's how I would describe what you just said, right? You just got to experience it. And then ultimately, you know that these experiences, these things are fleeting, right? I mean, you think about like the car that you bought. When you first bought it, you were excited as heck, right? But then after a while, it's just a car. Then you're looking for the next car, right? So it's that that novelty is just fleeting. And I think, you know, going back to your point about, you know, implanting the wisdoms of the 50-year-old into your 20-year-old self, it's being able to look past the fleeting, the short-term gratification for it and then think about the longer term. You know, I, I know we're having this discussion uh, right after a very popular Netflix documentary just came out about a footballer. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention names, but... You know, David Beckham. David Beckham, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, that is top secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know about uh, copyright issues? But look, and see, he has certainly carved out a life beyond the footballing world, right? In the documentary, he talks about uh, you know, pensions, other players that take pensions. You have carved out a life beyond the footballing world, right? So, again, I, I think there's this. Uh, there's much to be said about being able to look beyond just a near term gratification and then thinking about what happens in life after football, what happens in life after an Asian financial crisis, you know, or what happens in life after this episode is in, right? So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Talk to me about your career then, Andreas. So you've, you've, you became a professional footballer. It didn't work out for you. Was it injury or it wasn't a health issue? Health issue you had along the way, okay. And so then did you go into a kind of like a darker period of your life where you're wondering what, what am I going to do? I absolutely went through a dark period at that time and I was still young. I was uh, 22 years old. Um, at 22 years old, having to stop what you love the most and what you will making a decent amount of money with is, is was a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. So at that time, um, I went through a dark period for for sure for a year. Um, but I was lucky that I had some nice people around me um, and some people that were really supportive in my environment, and they made me like give me the the feeling that I had to move on, move on, move on, move on. So what I did at that time was I opened a health center, a gym. In Belgium. Okay. Um, and that was like my new career at that time. So I was like, I was I was doing two things at the same time. I was like doing business. I was a business owner. But at the same time, I was still involved in all the sports environment. Mm-hmm. So I was happy at that time. So I did that for a couple of years. Uh, did you make money? I, I made a good amount of money. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. so that was good. Because I mean... I think sports, fitness, everything that has to do with health is a is a growing um, industry, because I mean nowadays there are some countries where even more people are going to the gym than others, but in general everyone wants to have a good looking body. Everyone wants to take care of his body, of his health. So I think it's a growing industry for sure. Um, so it was good. All of this was good. But the thing with me is that I get bored very easily. So I'm always looking for new challenges. Mm-hmm. And the thing also was that I met someone that time in my life uh, that was really into the artistic industry. And that person like uh, swallowed me in that artistic industry and I wanted to discover that more. So I started doing everything that you could do in the artistic industry, like from uh, acting to modeling to theater to making music. Wow. And you were just trying to 
express yourself or was there part of you that was saying that this this has got to be a way of making money i need to work out what it is it was certainly not for money purposes okay mm. it was really because i uh I, I like to challenge myself but also because i i already loved the artistic industry i was always interested in music i love music when i was watching movies i was always like um interested in okay how would it be to be on set and in a small series, but also in a big TV series or in a big movie. And I did all of that. I had, to, I mean, I was everything that I achieved, I achieved it by myself. For example, a little story about how I got my first role in a movie was I, I saw that there was a movie talking about football, right? And it was a, a local football team, local, it was in the national division, a big one, where I was living at that time. And the whole movie was talking about that team with um, not with real players but with actors and I really wanted to play in that movie but how do I get into it I have no experience at all but what I did was I kept on calling the whole production team I called them for at least 15 times to just get a cast so when I got that casting I went there I did the casting and then I called 15 more times to get like an answer for, as a result so after 30 times of calling I got a small role in it and that was the very first role that I got in a, in a movie. And I'm really proud of it because it would never have come to me if I wouldn't have pushed it like that. Your tenacity and persistence involved there. So how did it feel when you got it? What, 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 what? It, 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 was, it was very emotional for me because it was in a big football stadium where um, I never got to play because of my health issues. Um, and obviously the role that I got was one of the players of the team. So I was re-experiencing the whole life of a professional football player so that means like how you feel to be on the pitch to play football uh being with the whole group together partying after a victory having the all posh cars the women the fans everything that comes in the football industry um i had to re-experience that again and that was an amazing experience and when you look at that time that you were doing that do you did you think to yourself right this is my future this is what i'm gonna do I wouldn't even think that further away. I'm like, I'm never thinking that much about my future. I always think about, okay, what am I going to do today? And maybe I can think about what I'm going to do next week or in two weeks, but I would never plan one year ahead. That's something that it's in me. I just try to enjoy what I'm doing now. And I don't think about, okay, maybe in one year or in two years, obviously I have goals. Obviously I'm like, okay, that's what I want to achieve. But I'm not thinking about, okay, Maybe this is what I want to do my whole life. I just enjoy it in the moment that I'm doing it. But let's understand that for a minute and break that down. Because you say, it's almost like you're explaining that you live for the moment. Uh -huh. Okay, you live in the present, uh -huh. but you have goals. So if you live in the present and you have goals, what type of goals do you set for yourself? Short-term goals. because over, over what period? I mean, let me say, um, it depends on what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So when I'm having that role in a movie, I'm thinking, okay, my next goal is to have a next role in a bigger movie. And, and I cannot put a period on that. Okay. Can be in one month, can be in two months. That's like what I'm calling a goal at that time. But I'm not thinking about, okay, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Got it. Understood. Now, when you, when you consider you're 31 now, okay, when you're in your 20s, uh, a lot of us are like, we're in our 20s. We're just still kids really, aren't we? You know, you come out of being a teenager, you're in your early 20s, you're still a kid. Someone might say to you at 25 years old, Oh, yeah, yeah, you got to grow up now, you know, you've been an adult. But at 30, the moment 30 comes is like, now you actually are an adult. There's no getting away from that. 
Did that change for you? Did your philosophy change at all when you turned 30? Did you start thinking about, I don't know, marriage and families and, and, and that kind of part of your life and, and long-term stability with career at all? Did that come in your head? Um, the truth is that from everything that I already experienced, like having a business on a young age and making some money on a young age, that made me already feel like an adult when I was very young. Okay. So I, don't, I think because of this, um, my perspective didn't change that much when I turned 30. Mm, so I think it's like carried on. Kind of the same, yeah. And you've got this huge audience on social media with the funny and engaging videos that you produce uh, that I've been spending the last three hours this morning consuming. <laughs> and some of, them, some of them with some 50 million views. And so you're clearly very, very popular. A lot of people, when I, when I think about it, there, there, there's three things in life that most people want one of these three things. If you've got the solution, Okay. If I can, if I can sell a, a scheme that can help you become a multimillionaire in the next four weeks, people will buy it. If I've got a tablet that could help you lose 20 kilos in the next four weeks, people are going to buy it. Okay. And also the third thing is significance. Everybody, if they could get a million followers in the next four weeks, they would want it. Now I know some people will say, oh, I don't think I would, but most people, sure. significance is important. Now you've got many millions of followers. And lots of people listening to this today will want to know how you went about doing that, okay? And how you were then able to turn that into money, mm -hmm. okay? Because it's not just about glory and, and recognition. So tell us a little bit about that journey. I think it's it's um, it's already discussed about a lot of people are saying like, okay, this is what you have to do to get more growing. This is what you do to have a bigger following. So I don't think there are some specific rules. I mean, what I'm going to say is already said by others. But that's because there is nothing specific that you can say about it to grow on social media. I mean, what I did was um, I was, in the beginning, a shy person. Um, you. Me. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, me in front of a camera, I remember the very first video that I did and on TikTok. I looked at it and I was like, I look like a creep. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I, I have to delete this. <laughs> and I think I did delete it yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um, Although I was the person to give the advice to a, a friend of mine that she had to start TikTok because it was an amazing platform to promote your music at that time. And it still is, but it was even more before. Um, so I was pushing others to do something that I was not really doing myself because I was not really into being in front of a camera uh, and filming myself. So it, it feels very uncomfortable in the beginning if you're not used to it. Um, but once I started doing it, obviously the second video and the third and the fourth went a little bit better. So obviously you're looking for something that can be interesting for people. And that time it's difficult because you still, you're figuring out what can I do to make people watch my videos? Because that's maybe the biggest secret about growing on social media, find something that you're good at and showcase it in the video. Um, and most probably some people will like it and, and then they will follow you for it. Um, for me, it was really difficult. So I was giving like more of a priority to my looks. So I was making videos where I just showcased my face and my body at that time, which got me on a certain moment blocked from TikTok. Did it? Because I was making shirtless videos. And obviously uh, TikTok started as a, a very, um, it was a platform for children. You know? Yeah. Because it was musically. It was a, a musically, yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a platform for children. So, but it evolved and it transformed and all of a sudden there were like a lot of naked girls and naked guys and, and they were showcasing their looks and that wasn't what I was doing in the beginning. This went 
well for a certain moment, like for two, three hundred thousand followers. But then it starts like going slow, and you're not growing that much anymore. So you have to or like look out for something else. So I was like, okay, what can I do next? Maybe comedy. People like to laugh. You know, when I am looking on social media and I'm scrolling through videos, I want to laugh. I want to. I want to have fun. Uh, I don't want to watch videos that make me cry in general. I want to have a good time. I want to distract my my head from the busy work day that I had. So comedy. But then still comedy. Yeah, it's easy to say, but find your jokes. You know, you can like go and uh, tell some stupid jokes that you find on the internet, but that's not you. So I mean, most probably people not like that that much. Um, so from one another, you're trying to like, what can I do to make people engage with my content? So the most important is like, find something that you're good at and put content out there that you think that people will like. Don't be shy, uh, because there are a lot of people that make good content and they are scared to put it out there because it's a big platform. A lot of people can see your video and they are scared to put it out uh, and being consistent because I know how it goes in the beginning. You uh, upload one video, you have no views or none that much. You have no likes, not that many likes. So what are you doing? You're not posting anymore. You say, it's not working for me. But that's not how it goes. You have to keep on posting and posting and posting. And I can say for myself, that has been two years that I post every day at least one video. Consistently, nonstop. Wow. So you've got that many videos that go up and slowly the hockey stick starts to work in your favor. So slowly the curve, exactly. the momentum starts to work. Exactly. People are engaging with exactly. it. And then you, then with that persistence, which what most people don't have, and I know this because podcasts are a great example. The statistics on podcasts are mind-blowing. There is only, of, of the 5 million podcasts that have been published, okay, different podcasts, only 1% of those podcasts have got more than 100 episodes. So most people, just like anything else, they start off, it doesn't take off the way they want it to. They give it a bit more of a try. They get 10 in and they're like, it's not worth it. It's taking my time. I Either they feel they can't be very good at it or they lose interest or they can't monetize it quickly enough. And so what's the point? And so that's what I find really interesting about content creation and how you how that persistency always works. I mean, we're, we're now at episode nearly 300 we're up to. But again, it's been five years of just keep producing the content. A lot, a lot, one second, a lot of people are going to know, want to know how you monetize TikTok, you know, where do you, where do you get the opportunity to make money? So is it brand collaborations? Is it, is it you finding other strategies? What do you do? Well, unfortunately, um, I pay taxes in a country that's not in the creator fund of TikTok. So I'm not paid per view on TikTok. Mm -hmm. There are five, six big countries in the world that are in the creator fund and they get paid by the amount of views that they do on TikTok videos. I am not in that category. So uh, for me, it's uh, brand collaborations, honestly. Yeah, I have, uh, I work with several agencies across uh, the globe um, and they find clients that want to work with me. That's how I monetize at this moment. Okay. And so those brand collaborations, do you get, you know, you're a thick, handsome guy, so you, you, you don't get KFC wanting to brand collaborate with you? Or... Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that because it, the funny thing is, uh, I, I Why do I say KFC? Because I think about it. If your guys want thighs, thumbs up on our breasts, yeah? Exactly. So just think about it. I made a joke about a guy that wants a, a woman only for her thighs and her legs. 
and I, and I was advising the woman to send that guy to KFC. So I made it funny, but at the same time, without them paying me, I made a, not that they really need me, but I mean, it's a video that, 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 that will make probably a million views and that will go up and up and, and more because the TikTok views are always growing. You almost never have like 1 million views after one or two days, it grows. I had videos with 10,000 views and maybe one week later it had 1 million views. It can go all of a sudden. Uh, TikTok does a little bit what, what it wants. It maybe can push a video after two months. So it's really a, a complex uh, algorithm sometimes. But I mean, KFC is maybe not something you would link my image with, but at the same time, I made a joke where I involved uh, their name. So yeah, why not? <laughs> so if KFC is listening to this podcast, you can always contact me for it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the one with the sales pitch now? No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about your journey, your journey in, in nowadays with money and investing. What do you understand about investing? Have you ever got into the world of understanding the stock markets and the currency markets and stuff? Or has it been something that's just been, you know, not, not in your field of vision? Uh, totally honest. Um, I've never been into invest, investing with uh, stocks and, and all this industry. I've obviously, I've invested some money at that time in my health center, my gym. Sure. Uh, and real estate, I've invested as well because I bought two apartments that time in Belgium. Um, but never into this kind of investing. So it's something totally new for me. Uh, I think it's also something that's growing in the last couple of years and it's coming more uh, into, uh, into the years of people. That it's a not it's it's a possibility that you can do with money. Uh, for me, it's something totally new. So I'm still okay. Well, we've got a hand with us today. He's going to help us understand some stuff. We're going to have a bit of a debate about a few things. I'm, I'm sure. No pressure, right? And yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so the, my background is wealth management. That's been you know, most of my career has been in that world. So I kind of get invested. It's a language I speak and uh, something I'm quite familiar with. But I remember when I first started in the industry, I was the guy reading the 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 newspapers that had the page three girl the topless girl on the inside and the and the football was on the on the, on the back page and and I'd go to the back page and look at the football or I'd find out what was going on I never read financial news and we had a newspaper in the UK called the Financial Times it was a different color but it was also really big and I couldn't even fold it properly I didn't even know how to hold this big newspaper you know you'd get on the the under London Underground and you were like how did, what do I do with this <laughs> And then inside, everything inside this newspaper was just boring. It was just this this industry, this city of London, stock market speak. And on the back pages, there wasn't any football. It was the prices of all the stocks. And so this is what it was like in 1993. And so I had to learn a whole new language, a whole new world. And it was really deeply confusing. So I could understand why most people would be like, yeah, that's not for me. But the world has evolved. And now we had the internet then came and the internet enabled everybody to view everything on their on their computers. And then also YouTube came along, which would teach people how to do stuff. And more people got involved in the whole world of investing. However, that keeps evolving. So tell me what Nemo have done and what they've introduced and tell me how that really applies to people nowadays. Yeah. And to draw upon your example, right? So if you uh, hark back to the broadsheets of the Financial Times, the whole idea is to uh, condense it and just make it easy and simple and accessible for you know you and me, right? So instead of having to learn about complex numbers and understanding what a PE ratio is, you know, the idea is to try and make these companies, which probably you already know, 
right, into something that can help you grow your wealth. So, for example, you spoke about being able to invest uh, in the past in the gyms and healthcare centers, right? And probably, you know, some of these brands that are very active in that space, you know, the likes of Nike, Adidas, right, you know, uh, all these sportswear and lifestyle brands. These are companies that you already know, and they also present a way to help you grow your wealth. So it's not just you giving them money to buy their stuff, but then it's also a case of, well, you could give them some of your money and purchase some of their stocks with the hopes of helping them grow your wealth. So in other words, like you're, you're making Nike and Adidas or whichever company, be it Apple, be it Meta, or you know, our TikTok isn't listed yet, I don't think, but maybe I think eventually. All right, so instead of uh, you, know, you having to do all that physical work of building that brick and mortar gym, you could also say, hey, here's some of my money, you help me grow it. Right? So it, it, it's about um, helping you see the world in a different lens. And I think for me personally, that's the beauty of investing. You know, going back to how we first started, I remember when I first uh, got employed by Bloomberg TV Malaysia, um, they had hired me for my media background. Um, and I remember going up the, the stairs to the studio and I was asking my then producer who was on the day one, right, day one on the job, I was like nudging him and I was like, hey, do you know any of this GDP stuff? Like, you know, and he was like, no, no idea, right? So to, to go from that and having gone through the process like you of understanding all the intricacies of the financial world, I think what Nemo Money does is to then bring all that knowledge in the markets, all that boring stuff, as you call it in Financial Times, down to a easily digestible uh, collections that we call memes, and we present it to you. So like the idea is that this is stuff that you already see around you, that you interact with, but hey, have you maybe seen it in a different light and see that these guys that you love, these brands, KFC, they could be making you money, right? So I think that, that's the... Uh, uh, at least a value proposition here. I think. Um, I think when we look at investing, the the highest risk investment you can make of any investment is in your own business, because that's the most the, 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 of investing. That's the highest risk of failure. So I think over ninety three percent of startups fail. So you have a high chance of that failing. So typically, if you put all of your savings into building a business, that risk is so high, okay, that you could lose everything. And so having those stages below that enable you to essentially to diversify somewhat your risk, uh, but also stay in the industry that you care about, because all of us have our, our favorite industries, don't we? You know, if we'd all trained to be pilots, then, you know, the truth is that we'd, we would all be, you know, we'd know the airlines, we'd know the, you know, the airline manufacturers, we'd know the, the engine manufacturers, we'd know the Rolls Royces and the Pratt and Whitney's and, and all this Airbus and stuff. And maybe because that's our world, we would want to invest in those companies my my dad comes from the oil industry so yeah he knows everyone in that space you know and I, I used to go to dinner parties with my dad and there was all these oil people that would just speak a completely different language to me mm. i would be sitting there thinking i've no idea downline upline production i mean it, was, it meant nothing to me well I, I still don't know to this day what a seismic survey is but, <laughs> <laughs> but they used to talk about that kind of stuff all the time when you were um, so so being exposed okay and investing your money into industries that you care about or you're interested in gives you the benefit of the upside of how they perform a good example nowadays is we think that um the biggest brands in the world who's the biggest apparel brand in the world do you know 
apparel sorry you said? apparel brand yeah do you know the biggest apparel brand in the world is is it louis vuitton is it is it gucci who do you think it might be it must be something in a lower cost than that yeah it is it's nike so nike's the biggest apparel brand in the world and when you when you look at that as a company did you did you read the book shoe dog no so phil knight is the is the guy that founded nike and he found is a fantastic story so he went to university, left university and said to his dad he wanted to go traveling. And he went to Japan and he saw these sneakers in Japan, trainers in Japan, uh, Onitsu Tiger, Japanese trainers. And he bought 20 pairs back and sold them. And then he went back to Japan and he bought another 20 pairs and brought them back. And he said, look, can I have a deal with you? Can I, can I be your distributor? Distributor?" And that's what he started to do. He used to sell their, their sneakers. And he then changed and decided to set his own company up. It was called Blue Ribbon Sports. And Blue Ribbon Sports then eventually became Nike and they started making these shoes in Mexico. But all the way through this journey, from one month to the next, he didn't know whether he was going to survive financially, whether it was a tax bill, whether it was somebody trying to take him down, whether it was a competition from another distributor. It was horrific. And it was a bunch of guys that would all wear T-shirts and shorts to work. And one day he said, guys, we've got to become professional now. So I want everyone to wear shirts and ties. And they were like, no, we're not wearing shirts and ties. No, that's rubbish. He's like, no, we're a corporation. Let's be professional. So they all wore Hawaiian shirts to work <laughs> with size. <laughs> anyway, the, the, these, these great stories that come from the, these businesses that grow, m most of the stories you get are because Steve Jobs made something out of nothing, how, how Phil Knight made something out of nothing. But most of these companies end up not becoming anything. Do you know how Puma and Adidas came together? So Puma, Adidas was owned by two brothers. Yes, no. Adidas and Adidaslo. They were, they were business partners, Germans, in Nuremberg. And they fell out with each other. Okay? And then Nuremberg is not a big city. It's a small town in Germany. And uh, Adi, Adi, uh, Adidasler then crossed the road and opened up another sportswear company called Puma, opposite side of the river. Okay? And the two brothers competed with each other. Yeah, and that's, that's the story behind it. But when you when you start to learn about these successful, like we've just taken those breaths, it's nice to think about. Maybe we we you know you have the opportunity to invest in those types of companies, okay? Because there's some synergy, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you know, uh, certainly. And I, I think you know, bringing it back uh, perhaps to your own life experience, right? I think earlier on, uh, you had mentioned something really really interesting about how when you first started uh, as an influencer, uh, you started with these shirtless videos, right? But then you mentioned something that really piqued my interest it plateaued, right? Like it kind of just kind of, yeah. it, it rose and then it kind of stopped for a while, right? Do you think that, you know, and for the record, I love your videos, by the way, it's, you know, hilarious. Yes, pressure on people like me without the body or the humor to uh, back it up with, but like, do you, you know, foresee yourself being able to like just continue on this hockey stick, as you mentioned, like just indefinitely? Or do you think there will come a time where maybe you'll just peak and plateau again? You mean about about the subject, about the, 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 the concept of the video, or, or, about, or, the or about the views, really? Like the audience, yeah. The, the, yeah. the audience going to continue to grow the way it's growing. I I think there will be a uh, there will be a moment that it will be less. It's already going less, I think, because um, the platform is evolving. The platform is also like um, putting in some functions where you can pay for promotion. So obviously, they will give you less views without paying for it mm -hmm. so i'm sure that there will be a moment that i have to do something else that i have to like they will not give that many views as they are giving now 
they are giving already less views uh, that they were giving in the beginning mm. because it was very easy, if I can tell easy, to go viral on TikTok like when it first started, when it became from Musical.ly, when it became TikTok. People were going viral all the time. And that was the amazing thing about the platform was that with zero followers, you could have one million views on a video. This was not possible on Instagram because the for you page that you have on TikTok now, um, that was not possible on Instagram. So I think every platform is evolving. Every platform is changing. So for sure, there will be a moment that it will be less and that it will it will be stable, it will not be growing anymore. And then it's on us to like keep on moving, like think about new ideas, new stuff to do. Right. When you when you think about money, do you think about your retirement? I never thought about it and I'm still not thinking. Do you think about saving for a particular outcome at any time? You know, do you save for a deposit on a property or to buy another investment of some sort, another business? Do you ever think about that? Uh, not specifically. I mean, the thing is, like, in, in, my, uh, in my vision where I try to live from day to day and, like, I don't think that much about the, the future, uh, it doesn't go together to like think about my retirement or think about okay I have to save that much money to be able to survive when I will be when I will turn sixty or fifty or why because you never know uh, maybe that that's not the negative part that's more like a positive part of of, of my my vision you don't know if you will get to fifty or sixty I know people obviously that are um, saving a lot of money they are like oh my retirement when I will turn sixty and they didn't make it to that age. That doesn't mean um, that's negative because I'm not a negative person at all. I'm like the opposite of a negative person. Um, but I just try to think, okay, let's make a maximum amount of money now. But I'm not thinking about it. Okay, this is for my retirement. I'm just like for now, for having it now, not for spending it all, but for having it now. So if, if, you, if you stopped working today, you couldn't work anymore. So today something happened, uh -huh. okay? You can no longer make your videos. You can no longer do the businesses. You can no, couldn't do act or anything else you've done before. You, you literally had to stop working. Do you have enough money to live for the rest of your life? Probably. It depends on how how, how, how many years that would live more. But Let, let's say you live till 85. Yeah, probably not. Okay. So if you didn't have that, then then what would you do? You'd have to rely on somebody else to provide for you. Okay. It's so, like if you cannot work at all yeah. anymore, like there is nothing to do because in my vision, there is always something to do. Sure. But if you're incapacitated in a way that you couldn't, okay, you'd, ha you'd have to find a way of providing. Yeah. Okay. And if you couldn't work, then you'd have to rely on somebody else. Yeah. So your girlfriend would have to buy her own deal bag. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. so, so that's the investment, right? You're investing in a girlfriend now for interest <laughs> later. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My objective with everybody is to help them bulletproof their future. So, so my objective would be with somebody like you to say, right, how am I going to make sure, okay, that your bases are covered? So most people that have kids want to give their kids a good start in life. And you've got state school and then you've got private school, but you've also got universities. And if kids go to expensive universities, where does the money come from to provide for that? And what most people don't understand about money is that money, if it's worked correctly, can make you money. So what a lot of people do is they put it in the bank and they save it, okay? And they get three, four, five percent interest on it, and then it goes in this savings account, and they have it for for a rainy day or for future, but nothing specific. My belief is 
if you learn how money really works, you can get your money to make you money. And when you master the art of getting your money to make you money, then whether you want to go to work or not doesn't matter. You know, if you want to go and write a script for a movie and you want to go and live on the top of a hillside for 12 months while you do it without any income, then you're free to do that because your money is making you money and providing you an income. So that's the bulletproofing thing that I think that people need to learn about. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's not about necessarily I'm going to save my money until I'm 65 years old and I'm old and grey. Because you're right, you could die before then. Chances of that happening are remote. The reality is we're living longer and longer. But that, that could happen. So for me, it's just like, how do we educate people to understand money? You know, and get them to a place where they really see money as a tool. And that money really provides for them. And so with me, my objective was when I was in my 20s, how do I make my first million? That was my first objective. So that 26 years old, that was the first. I didn't have a million, I'd made a million. By the time I was 28, I had a million, okay, in a bank account. I remember it. I've got a photograph of it somewhere, okay, the, the bank statement. And that million I had in the bank account, that was the first moment I had, right, how am I going to get this money to make me money? How do I get it to multiply? And like you, I was still working, so I didn't care. I didn't need it. I didn't need the money to make money for me in terms of needing to spend it. I just needed to see that number grow. And by investing in the stock market and, and various things I looked at, whether it was in certain industries or certain stocks or, or dividends, whatever it may be, I got excited by that. I then got excited by looking at other asset classes. So I looked at commodities and I was like, well, what goes on with oil? Okay, what goes on? What goes on with gold? Let me understand this. And you know, someone said to me, what about silver? Well, how does silver multiply? Let me understand that. And it was just like, hold on a minute, am I finding a shortcut here that nobody else is looking at? Now, the truth is, loads of people were doing it. <laughs> I just thought I was this, you know, I'm a genius. <laughs> Millions of people around the world also knew the secret. But the, the truth is that hundreds of millions, if not billions, didn't. But for me, it was like, hold on a minute. If I can learn about this and I can get good with this, I will never have to work again. And for most people, work isn't fun, okay? Most people, work is a chore and they'd rather be doing other things. Clearly, you love what you do. It oozes out of every part of your body as you produce this content. We see it, okay? But for most people, that's not the case. And getting people to understand, truly understand how they can get their money, no matter how small, to work for them effectively. So there's a couple of things they need to do. Number one, they've got to look how much it's going to cost them, okay? So a bit of education, that's a bit of a time investment. But do they have to pay to invest the money or can they get the money invested in a way that is cheap and cost effective to do so? And I think with your product, there's low cost or no cost entrance to invest it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. But then there's also those people that, that will have this kind of conversation in the pub, in the coffee shop with their parents. Well, I don't have enough money to be an investor right now. And I, uh, I haven't got enough. But the truth is, where do you start? You've got to start somewhere. And so that, that place of starting has got to be with whatever's left over at the end of the month from the income, whatever I've got. You know, with you, you, you probably get your brand deals that come in and out and it's not a, you know, a steady flow, it peaks and troughs, yeah? So what, how, how do I take a bit of what I've got there? If I can get that bit working for me, okay, no matter how small, then you start. And what I've learned over the years is that everyone has an opinion on something that they don't do. And that opinion is generally a pretty poor opinion. But when you actually start doing something yourself, just like you making content, okay, you didn't know what you were doing until you did it, yeah? Until you start investing, generally people don't know what to do. But when they do invest, 
this is one of our human instincts greed okay it takes over the greed is like that's why gambling is so big because people think well hold on a minute if if, if i if i get if i get the score on this game arsenal manchester united uh, if i get the score on this game right and it's 11 to 1 then guess what i get 10 dollars can make me 110 dollars come on okay it's, 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 it's greed it's the excitement from greed and that's that's why i think that that is the the instinct that attracts all of us okay to wanting to make more money it's like we want more we're greedy for more and so that's why these types of platforms that exist are really important to learn about. Because if you can find a cost-effective way of doing something that's simplified in a language almost and speaks to you in a way that you can, you can consume it, I think then what happens is it becomes something worth trying. And once you try and you've got your money, it could be $10. It hasn't got to be anything. Yeah. As, long as, as soon as you put money on it yourself, your natural in instinct is to pay attention Okay, and learn as much as you can. Because if you can get that 10 to make 20, and you can make 20 to make 40, and you can make 40 to make 400, then you you, you will think you're a genius. Because <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I remember exactly as well when I had that uh, big M moment as well, right? When you see those digits in your account as well. And I hark back to when I first started as well. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I started in the night markets of Malaysia, right? Understanding the basics of money. But you're exactly right, Spencer. Until you make that initial step um, in the market in investing, right? You never know how it's going to go. Just like when you're talking about how you made that first video, you didn't know how it's going to go. You know what I mean? Could you have imagined you being this TikTok star that you are right now? Yeah, there we go, right? So I think investing is similar in the sense that you got to take that risk. You got to take that initial plunge. And you're right with Nemo. It's the barrier to entry is really low. Only a few US dollars right, uh, to make that first step. And after that, it becomes this, um, for me at least, this newfound passion, a new way of uh, looking at the world. So, you know, going back to your uh, what you described money as, for me, I define money as options. It, the choice. With more money comes more options, more choices. You can choose not to upload the next video. You can choose not to have to work just so you can get the salary at the end of the month, right? You can choose where you want to live. You can choose where you want to uh, send your kids. You can choose which bag to spoil your habib tea with, mm -hmm. right? All those choices <laughs> need money, right? So I, I think, uh, and that's where Nemo is um, really making it accessible and as easy as possible, right? For those folks who just want to make that initial step, right? Start, and then we help you uh, with, well, we do have a, an AI bot as well uh, to really help things cater it to your specific needs and wants. Right? We, we totally get it. Everybody is different, right? So we, we try to make it as accessible as possible with, if you like information, great. If you like some ideas, some themes, you know, let's say you like AI, let's say you like uh, green energy, let's say you like oil, right? We've got, okay, here's a selection that maybe could pick your interest. You might know some of these names, the Nikes, the, uh, you know, Exxon Mobiles, the Apples, right? And then from there, like Spencer said, then you just kind of, uh, see where this journey leads you to. I, I think it's ultimately with the future in mind, right? Start now and uh, see where the future takes you to. I think that's what I like the most in, in Nima Money is the simplicity of the application. Because for me, as a beginner, someone that's not familiar with investing in, in this kind of applications, um, you just you 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 don't know where to start, and the the, the fact that there are all these names 
um, that you already know, brands that you already know, it makes it much more easier to like, okay, I picked this one. Uh, I picked that one today. And, and the fact that you can do it with a small amount of money is very interesting as well. Yeah. What you did is you made social media fun on your channel, okay? You like watching stuff that's fun, but you make stuff that's fun. Mm. And if you can make this subject fun, okay, then we can get more people engaged in it just like Thank you me. have done with yourself on goods. Andreas, Han, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Have you enjoyed yourself? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. 